Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? It's your boy B. Scott with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is a Brawl Network production. You're listening to the Eagles Brawl Podcast. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! Here to take you on the road to victory. It's Connor Miles, Ed Cross, Johnny Page, and Tyler Steege. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. However, you're listening, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Radio.com. We greatly appreciate it. We are powered by Fanatics, DraftKings, and Manscaped. Co-host Connor Miles here with our Eagles Brawl Insider Sports Illustrated's Ed Cross. Ed, I can't believe it, man. You know, Jalen Hurts comes in and, and they beat the number one defense against the Saints. Look, I... I don't know what your feelings are about that game. I know a lot of people are. It's it seems weird to me. Jalen Hurts is being really critiqued to a T on every like facet of that game, and I just want to sit back and say, hey, my rookie quarterback with four games left in the season in the most unorthodox offseason ever, who really never really expected to start ever. Nobody really expected this for him to come in and for Carson Wentz to be benched for him, let alone play for him. Uh, and he, and he pulls out a win against number one defense. I think what more could you ask of Jalen Hurts with that performance? I mean, I, yeah. I'm i not a huge stat guy. I think numbers can be always be explained because you can go out there and throw for 400 yards and still lose, and the quarterback you play against throws for 160-something yards, and you and he wins. Uh, I'm more about what does the quarterback do to put the team in the position to win, and no way in shape or form besides probably that fumble, which was, I mean, if I can lose the Carson Wentz's Easy fumbles. I could definitely live with Jalen Hurts fumbling that freak fumble after he gets tackled by three people and the ball gets slapped out of his hands. But every quarter of that game, every drive, Jalen Hurts kept the Eagles in position to win. At least I thought so from his individual play. What did you take away from Jalen Hurts' first start? Because uh, from what I've seen, I know we have such an emotional attachment to Carson Wentz, this whole entire city of Philadelphia does. I completely understand it. I mean, the guy played at an MVP level caliber quarterback he's been one of the best quarterbacks Eagles fans have seen play in, in Philadelphia let alone uh I mean really he's been a top 10 caliber quarterback before this year now we have to adapt to what Jalen Hurts can be so I think that's why we critiqued him so hard but I mean what more could you ask of Jalen Hurts against the number one ranked defense my friend yeah I mean it was a fun game to watch um and exactly. I think 
I mean, you were there early. Not only that, let alone you were you were there like ten o'clock. You were there at the link. You were so amped for the Jalen Hurts' first start. I don't know what the heck I was thinking. I I thought the game was one o'clock. So, so I, I'm not gonna lie. We started our pregame show pretty early too. We were at on, on like ten. I was like, guys, we're, we're the game doesn't start till four twenty five. I I couldn't believe it either. But I mean, I I mean, I get it. You were excited about Jalen Hurts. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yep, I was really pumped to get down there and you know, make sure my seat was all ready to go and, uh, you know, the popcorn was cooking and all that stuff because I thought he put on a good show, no doubt. Um, I think, you know, you talk about stats. First Eagles quarterback to run for over 100 yards in 10 years since Mike Vick did it in 2010. Only the second quarterback in NFL history to make his pro debut and run for more than 100 yards since Lamar Jackson did it in 2018. But Hurts threw a touchdown pass in there, which makes him the first NFL quarterback to run for over 100 yards and throw at least one touchdown pass. Jackson did not have that touchdown pass. So, you know, you look at those two things, and it's terrific. But I think one of the keys to that game was the Eagles grabbing a lead, 7 nothing. I mean, they haven't led very often in many games this year. They've gotten off to the slow starts. Usually they're behind at halftime. In fact, that was the first lead. They had at halftime since week four against the 49ers when they led eight to seven. Uh, and I think getting the lead really played into Jalen Hurts' skill set, which is, you know, keep plays alive with your legs. If the, if the first read's not there, don't take forever to make a decision. Get the heck out of the pocket and see what you can do with your legs. And they really kept it simple for him. They didn't let him audible at the line. The play was the play. Whatever we call is what you're going to run. And if the play's not there – then you can, uh, you know, go off schedule and create. But by getting that seven nothing lead and then adding to it ten nothing, seventeen nothing should have been twenty nothing if Jake Elliott doesn't doink that twenty uh, two yard field goal off the upright. But getting that lead really helped Hertz kind of settle in, helped the team build some confidence, allowed him to go off schedule with some plays and not feel like he has to make a play because you're you're down fourteen to nothing. He didn't have to force anything. Uh, that helped. And something else, Connor, that I really like Jalen Hurts, what he did was I liked how he led receivers with his throws. I mean, he put the ball in good positions to allow them Ooh, to I am up yards, that up. Yeah, yards after catch. I mean, he put it in good spots and he's not throwing bullets. He's throwing pillows out there that these guys can catch. You look at some of those throws and I went back and looked at it and you're looking at it and like, it looks so soft. It's like, is that ball even going to get there before the defender does? But it's a nice, soft, catchable throw um, that receivers can handle, and it's put in a position where they can do something with it after they catch it. So uh, that's something else I really like from Jalen beyond the stats was were those two abilities and the Eagles playing with the lead. Now, if they fall behind, which could happen in Arizona, then we'll see what happens then. But for one game, I thought it was a terrific debut that Eagles fans should be excited about and not be so hard critiquing. I mean, this was the kid's first NFL start. Um, what more did you want? No, he gave me everything I could possibly do. It's, I mean, you have to really take it into the circumstances of this team. This, this offense is awful. It had no, nothing going. And now they're the first team in 56 games to get two 100-yard rushers on, on the Saints, not just yeah. one, two. Like. Yeah. And yet that the threat of him back there with his legs is what really sparked the offense to provide that kind of production against the Saints. But I think the big issue is that most people have is 
why doesn't Doug Peterson call this type of game with Carson Wentz in? I think, and you know, it's crazy. Giovanni really made this point where I really sat on it and just thought about it. I'm like, you know what? He's right. Doug being a backup quarterback, maybe he coaches backup quarterbacks better than he does the starting quarterback. And I've always had this thing where it's a stigma that this team treats Carson Wentz like he's like a Peyton Manning, Tom Brady-esque type quarterback where they think he'll get out of it. He can play out of his struggles. He can play up to the level caliber quarterback the Eagles need him to play at despite really everything burning down around him. When you yeah. temper your expectations for like a rookie quarterback like Jalen Hurts, you scale it back a little bit. You could probably call it an easier game. I would, I would, I would think. And I think that's what that's why Doug's thriving. I think when you have a quarterback like Jalen instead of a quarterback like Carson, and I'm not. This isn't a slight at either one of them. This is just saying like Carson's arm talent is one of the better in the league. Like I mean, the guy I showed you before, he could play at an MVP caliber quarterback play. I think Jalen could be very good. But I think as a rookie right now where he's at in his development, you have to scale everything back. You have to dumb it down. You have to lean on the run more. You have to really take the reins of the offense and just simplify like we've been asking them to do for weeks. I don't think you could do that with Carson Wentz. I don't think he would allow you at this point in his career either. But this is why I think Doug coaches better is because things get dumber. I still think he's an awful play caller. I don't. I still don't think this is this performance. I know they beat the Saints. I'm happy about it. He's always seems to be better with the backup quarterback in his 11 and three record with the backup quarterback two going in shows that. But I just don't think Doug Peterson can coach smarter than what he did on that field. And I don't think you could sustain wins in the National Football League playing like an offense like that. I don't. I think you got you played a Saints team that was very good on defense, but I also think your defense was able to conquer their gimmick quarterback. So I, so I understand why people say you can't sustain winning like this, but I do think you can ride a, a quick little streak with it, like the final four games. But this doesn't, this performance didn't buy me back on Doug Peterson. I still want a different head coach to come in here and say, you know what? Let Carson, like when Chip Kelly came into Philadelphia and Michael Vick was coming off that $100 million deal that they had to restructure completely because he was awful. And they had Nick Foles in the wings. But Michael Vick wins that competition in camp easily. Carson Wentz would win a training camp competition with Jalen Hurts. I fully believe it in a new offense. Would it sustain himself as a starting quarterback of this team? I don't know because Michael Vick didn't because he got hurt. And then Foles goes in and 27-2 happens. And that's all she wrote for Vick in Philadelphia. But my thing is get a new coach, do the quarterback battle. Because everybody's always talking about now is do we trade Carson because Jalen Hurts beat the Saints. I just want to enjoy the time with Jalen Hurts starting. I just want to enjoy the starting quarterback in there right now. I don't need to worry about Carson Wentz and his future right now. I just want to see what Jalen Hurts can give me, and let's evaluate it. And if it's good enough, let's go into the offseason. Let's get a new head coach, and let's do a quarterback battle. Bring out the best competition in both of them. Maybe Carson Wentz is recentered by that. Maybe he well, goes into this yeah. offseason and realizes, if I want to be a Philadelphia Eagles starting quarterback, i got to fight for it. Well, would he be okay with that? I mean, you, you make the point where – you can't take any of the audibling away from him because he wouldn't be okay with it. I'm not sure he would be okay with coming in and competing for a starting job, to be honest with you. Um, I know he's getting paid a I lot can't of money. Keep, I can't, I, yeah, I can't keep catering this team to Carson once his wants or needs. I, like, I that's not how you win a national, that's not how you win the national football league. I, I'm sorry. Like I, I love the guy. 
Truly do. Think he's a very talented quarterback. Still believe in him. Still believe he will be a franchise quarterback. If it's not with the Eagles, it's definitely going to be somewhere else. But I can't keep trying to cater my team to what is best for him because I feel like they've done that multiple times. It's not working. So you would be okay with Doug telling Carson, you're not allowed to audible anymore. Because to me, and I wrote about this, if it works for Jalen to just run the play, don't even think about it. If it runs the play and it breaks down, you make a play or you throw the ball away. And that's another thing Hurts did well is he made good decisions. He threw the ball away. He didn't he didn't care about living to die, uh, you know, on that play. He wanted to he wanted to live for right. another play. You know, he, he got rid of the football. He threw it away. You never see Carson do that. But you would be OK then if Doug said, Carson, we're not going to let you audible. I call the play and whatever that play is, you go to the line and you can go through all the charades that you want. Kill, kill. And but it's yep. not going to change the play. We're going to run the play that I called. You think Carson would be OK with that? I don't care if he's okay with it. His decision making right. has been awful this year. It's, he shouldn't have. He does not have the right in twenty twenty to audible at the line of scrimmage the way that he's making his decision making this year. Okay. So if he has a problem with that, then you know what, Jalen Hurts should go win because yeah. that's because when the quarterback does listen to the play caller, look what happens. It looks a little bit better. So my thing is though, I still think Tug is a bad play caller, and I mean, lightning in a bottle against the Saints, which is great and all. I don't want to take away from the performance because the rushing performance was great, but I, how much is Doug? How much is Carson really audible, though? Would you think? Well, I, you know, I don't know, but I would say a pretty fair amount. I mean, he's always say, going up there, kill, kill, kill at the line, and then he wipes his, you know, hands on his jersey. You don't know if he's pretending to kill the play when he does that. You know, I, I don't know, but he has free reign to change the play, and you know, I'm. There have been times where he has. There's no doubt. And how many times? I couldn't tell you for sure. I don't think, you know, we'll ever know unless Carson says, yeah, I do it like 25% of the time. You know, unless he says it uh, or someone in the locker room says it, you know, kind of off the record. But I don't think we're going to know that answer this year. We may know it next year. But I think he changes it a fair amount. And um, because He did a lot in 2017. In 2017, he did a lot. So that's my that's the point, though. I could trust him to do it, yes, but in 2020, I could not trust him to do right, it because right. his decision make was awful. And Doug doesn't want to do that. Doug does not want to strip him of that freedom. Uh, he pretty much said that earlier this week that he doesn't want to take that away from Carson. And when you're looking at ways to fix Carson, maybe that's the way to do it: is just run the play that we practice. And if it's not there, get rid of the ball. You know, Jalen was able to do things with his legs. Carson obviously doesn't have that athleticism that Hertz does. And Carson has said it all the time. The first thing he learned about the NFL was that guys are faster than him. Hertz hasn't learned that lesson yet. Hertz is faster than a lot of these guys that are chasing him. Not so with Wentz. So Wentz has to be smarter with the ball. If the play's not there, get rid of it. We're going to live the fight, another play, another down, another series. And Doug doesn't want to do that. Do you think that this benching and him sitting on the sidelines and watching this from afar would help his mentally reset Carson once though. Cause I know that the, the whole, I feel, I still feel like, cause I think it sounds silly when I say this because I'm like, well, he's sitting on the bench watching Jalen do well and the offense looked better. So how does this help him to mentally reset? But the whole point of this benching, I think still is tell Carson, like, look, you're not right in the head, man. Like you're making awful decisions. What we can't, what we seem to forget and I understand all the context that goes into it. The offensive line shifting in and out. Wide receivers not creating that much separation. The play calling is awful. 
I get that. But he didn't do anything from an individual standpoint to make it any better. He's, he played benchable football. Carson Wentz, I hate to say it, deserved to get benched the way he was playing. But that doesn't mean I give up on him. That doesn't mean I don't believe that he's not capable of turning it around. My point is, I think this benching was some sort of, hey, you need to really sit back, relax, look in the mirror, and fix what's going on in your head, man, because you're second-guessing yourself on the football field way too much, and it's causing you to play bad. Clearly, look at the the numbers. But does, does benching him and letting him watch Jalen Hurts, does that help that cause? I don't know, man. I You know, I, I didn't take psychology, but I, I would think that, okay, if you can watch a play from the sidelines and you can kind of uh, see what that quarterback is doing to be successful and that's getting rid of the ball, I mean, let's face it, Wentz's big flaw is holding the ball too long. You know, he tries to hold the ball too long. He doesn't – he was hesitant to throw that first read. Um, so maybe by watching someone else do it and execute it in the game will help him in some way. Um, but, you know, and I give him a lot of credit for, you know, he was really good on the sidelines. He was very supportive. I saw him sitting next to Jalen a couple times with press in between them and they were talking and, um, you know, he was the first one off the sideline really to congratulate Miles Sanders after that 82 yard touchdown run. Um, because, you know, this has to be very embarrassing for him. I mean, you know, he's a guy in the NFL across the country, uh, you know, his, his Jersey 11 was the biggest selling Jersey uh, for a long time. And, you know, to, to have to go through this has to be some kind of humiliation or humbling experience. So yeah, maybe that helps him. Maybe it helps him realize that I'm not the be all end all, uh, you know, it's 10 other guys. And I have to take that into consideration when I'm making decisions, you know? Um, so you help, you help, hope that it helps in some way, but you know, I can't get inside his head. I don't know what he's thinking. We haven't talked to him. Uh, since he got benched in Green Bay, I don't think we will unless he returns to play. Um, but I would like to ask him some of these questions. But right now, we're just not going to get the answers to them. Giovanni's the only one who will get an answer from him at this point. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, he got you know he got him to respond uh, to, to him uh, this week. So that was nice to see. Yeah, I can. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, I just think. People seem to already because we're the the conversation now is <laughs> where do we trade Wentz to his next destination like where does he go because Jalen Hurts beat the Saints I mean I I don't understand why we can't bring him back I, the whole plan for Jalen Hurts and I know it, it has not gone that way and what has gone according to plan for the Philadelphia Eagles in 2020 as is but the whole plan was really a cheap young backup with potential who can go in and be mobile and help the Eagles win games if Carson Wentz goes down. I, I, I know the expectations are probably a little tempered for Carson Wentz, but that or I I just feel within that organization, the confidence is still there in Wentz. I don't think this is the end of Carson Wentz in Philadelphia whatsoever. I think this is just a take some time away because you're just self-destructing on that football field. Let Jalen go in. I mean, I don't want to say boost his trade value because I don't think they trade him in the offseason either, but at least get Jalen a feel for the NFL so he can continue his development. And, I mean, at least the Eagles are good. I mean, I know the whole saying, and is, I think it's completely true, too, is you have two quarterbacks. You would, That means you have no quarterbacks. But, I mean, in this situation, Carson Wentz showed you can be an MVP caliber quarterback, and I think Jalen Hurts has a ton of potential. So what's wrong with it? 
it, it would have been interesting back in 2017 if Nick Foles wasn't a free agent uh, and then coming in and doing what he did. And, he, you know, you still want a rookie contract, let's say, like Hertz is. Um, what the Eagles would have done? Would they have brought both Foles and Wentz back in 2018 after Foles just led a Super Bowl and throw open the quarterback competition? Or would they have said, Carson, you're still our starter. Nick, great run. You led us to a Super Bowl, and now you're going to take a seat. And that's just assuming he was on his rookie deal. They so, kind of yeah. did, though. I mean, they, I mean, it, they kind of did. When Carson got back from his injury, they're like, "All right, you're back." back. Yeah, Colts. Carson's yeah. playing against the Colts. Like, right. and it was deserved because I was at that Bucks game where Foles was a dud, and I was like, "Thank God Carson's back," because Foles looks like himself again. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I, but that, that's kind of answering your question. I think I, I think that Carson Wentz will be back in Philadelphia. I, I just don't see unless the Eagles get like this super you know, offer from another team. I mean, it's a huge cap hit uh, to trade him. Um, a lot of dead I think, money. And I even think you can renegotiate a deal to facilitate something, but I just don't think that happens. I don't think, Maybe. I don't think anyone in that organization, I mean, you're, you're in the media, you know, you cover the team. I think you get a pretty good sense of this by just feeling out the vibes. I don't think they care what anyone says. I mean, yeah. if, if you go into the second round draft, Jalen hurts, when you have Carson Wentz, I don't really think you care what the what we think about you. I don't think you care what we're saying about you, about your situation. I don't think you care about the outside opinion. I don't think that's changed Yeah, just because Carson struggled. I think that they're going to be like, you guys think this is a bad situation? We were literally a team that won a Super Bowl with our backup quarterback and told him to take a seat and that you're not the guy still. Like, when all you guys think we're crazy, I mean, we're still getting questioned about it to this day that we chose – Carson over Foles, and we would probably do it again nine times out of ten. I I don't think they care. Like I just think they'll go into the next offseason and say, you know what, our offense is pretty vanilla. Doug, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think even if you, I don't, I don't know how you can go into this offseason and finally convince Doug Peterson to give a play calling and say, okay, you can come back and Carson be all in on Doug. I mean, if Doug's not all in on Carson, how can Carson be all in on Doug? Doug did pull the plug. Like yeah. there's, there has to be some kind of animosity there, no matter what. There has to be some kind of animosity. To Doug Pierce and Carson Wentz. Like, come on, we can't, we we can't be blind. No. Like, there's got to be something there that's off. What if Doug comes out there, uh, Jalen comes out this week in Arizona and throws for 275 to 300 yards? You know, I mean, Peterson could. building a Arizona. Case. You know, it's yeah. not my offense. My offense that's is about, fine. It's that's the opposite of my offense that's not fine. And that's and and Jalen Hurts, if he comes out and does that, my goodness, then you know Carson could get traded. Um, but again, it's just such a huge cap hit. And, you know, unless the Colts say, okay, we'll give you a first round pick and a second round pick the following year, or you know, really sweeten the deal. But I don't see anybody doing that. But you know, Wentz is still around the league. He's viewed as a guy that can still play. Uh, so teams are going to make significant offers, but will it be enough for the Eagles to bite? I'm I'm not sure at this point that they will. But like I said, if Hertz comes out and starts, you know, throwing the ball all over the place and he's still making plays with his legs, then it's something you're going to have to think about. I don't know. I I don't think they're going to do it though. I think that they would just be satisfied with having two of those quarterbacks and yeah, I mean, let them figure it out. I, they are they are the quarterback factory, as we know. <laughs> um, so, if they, so if they traded Carson, they'd have to go out and draft another one because then who's going to back up 
Uh, mm-hmm. Hurt. Nate Sudfeld's a free agent. And you're left with one quarterback. So, you know, at this point, there's a lot of dominoes that would have to fall into place for that to happen. Now, here's the thing with Hurt, uh, Wentz's contract is it does get cheaper if you wait till after June 1st to trade him. You know, the dead money hit's not as bad. The savings under the salary cap is huge. But after that June 1st mark, most teams are already set at quarterback. Um, the Eagles were fortunate when they traded Sam Bradford in seven, or, uh, 16 uh, that Teddy Bridgewater had gotten hurt from Minnesota, who had Super Bowl aspirations. So um, that was a break. But by June 1st, the draft's already happened. You've already been through some OTAs. You already know who your quarterback is. So trading for Carson after June 1st is something teams wouldn't be inclined to do unless a significant injury happened during camp. I would no. I would have to have – my one question for you is, and I pretty much said it myself, what I think about it, but do you think Doug Peterson could buy himself back into being the Eagles head coach these last couple of games? Yeah, I was I was thinking about that last night when Jerry Jones came out and gave Mike McCarthy the vote of confidence that he'll be back in Dallas. And I'm thinking, you know, now would be a good time. This would be a good week or even next week, sometime before Christmas, for Jeffrey Lurie to come out and give that vote of confidence to Doug Peterson. Um, the longer it goes without that, then I think, you know, Doug is certainly on the hot seat and could be on his way out of town. But I, I still think it's possible that he does come back. Um you know, and again, Jalen Hurts is going to factor into this, how they treat Carson Wentz. I mean, it's interesting that Doug has refused to kind of commit to Jalen beyond a week-to-week situation. I mean, even after what we saw on Sunday, he still did not commit for, you know, whatever it was, 36 hours or whatever it was after that game when he finally said Monday afternoon, yeah, Jalen will be my quarterback. But this is going to be a week-to-week situation. So, um, I think Doug's going to do whatever he can to save his job. And if that means playing Jalen and showing that his offense still works just fine with a different quarterback, or if it goes back to Carson and says, look, we trust you to get it done. Um, I think it's still in Doug's hands to, to save his job or, or to lose his job. Zero percent chance Carson Wentz starts a game then this season. Zero. Mm-hmm. I, put, I put it at zero percent chance. Let's Jalen Hurts get started. So five percent. But I – no, no, not happening. I think he's right. It, it just him not saying that, not really giving the indication he's going to be is a joke. I think everybody knows. Like, we get it. We understand what you're trying to do. You're trying to, sh- I mean, when you're coaching for your job, like when J- Jeff Mosher, Jeff Mosher reported uh, this whole story that Jeffrey Lurie gave Doug Pearson the grace of deciding when to bench Carson Wentz. I think that whole idea was probably true i mean he probably finally let doug decide that and doug was finally like this is the time i needed to put jalen hurts in to show that my offense isn't that bad i can be the head coach of this team the quarterback not executing is the reason why we're failing i'm gonna try a different approach there's no there's no way i see carson Wentz going back in there but then then why does doug look so indifferent after the performance hurts had on Sunday, that news conference or video conference, he looked so indifferent to what hurts did. And then why would he wait 36 hours or whatever it was less than that, probably um, maybe 18 hours before saying, yeah, Jalen's going to start. Why not just come out and say, yeah, he's going to be our starter next week. Very first question after the game. I mean, if that's the way he feels, then commit to it. Why, why this yo-yoing back and forth? I have to look at some things. I got to look at the tape. I mean, come on, doesn't the eye test tell you anything at all? And if you're trying to save your job and show that Hurts 
can run your offense because your offense is great, then why not just commit to it? That's where it kind of breaks down a little for me. I mean, the whole thing is just very weird. Right, but that's when you start to factor in that they're probably all in on Carson Wentz and are walking around eggshells around him. That's what I would think. I would think they're trying to coddle the situation as best as they can because I still feel at the end of the day, just when it gets thrown, it doesn't do it for me enough to say that that Jalen Hurts is the future of the Eagles. I still think it's Carson. I do. I just think right now you're accepting defeat with him, waving the white flag and say 2020 is not his year. Goodbye. Let's see what we have in Jalen because I still, I mean, the, the Washington beat Pittsburgh, man. I mean, I know Alex Smith got hurt, but I mean, the Giants are still in it. It's not like the Eagles are out of it, but it's still a little bit of a climb with the Cardinals and Dallas and Washington again in the schedule. Like, well, and Washington has Seattle this week. I know the Giants beat Seattle, and Seattle's struggling a little bit, but you know, Washington has it tough too. I mean, it's certainly right, not yeah. out of the question. If the Eagles beat Arizona, my goodness, then it's you not, have to- but like. We all, but we all are understanding the fact that Carson Wentz is not giving them the best chance to win. No, no, uh-uh. no, he doesn't. And, you know, I, I don't know. You're saying the coddling's still going on with Carson. If that's the case, then if they're, you know, Doug's refusing to anoint his starter in the aftermath of a, a good performance from Hertz, uh, you know, the coddling's still going on. And that's something that they have to stop doing. They have to give him the Yeah, tough I agree. I, yeah. I completely agree. I think – being a player like this is probably one way to make them fail. I think that's a incredible. I just remember the way that the St. Louis Rams treated Sam Bradford when he was a rookie there, and he would always get hurt. His backups would come in, and they still would commit to him, commit to him, commit to him. And where it's finally just enough, like we can't anymore. I'm not saying that situation will happen here because I mean, you drive Joe and Hurts in the second round after Carson Wentz's 2019 performance. I don't think you're. All that, in, I mean, it's, I don't know, man. It's just a weird situation. But I, I I just think that they are higher on Carson Wentz than anyone else is. I know we're all thinking about his next destination, where he can go next, Frank Reich and his boy back. But I think the Eagles are higher on Carson Wentz than anyone in the world still. I don't think it's changed just because Jalen Hurts is playing well. They knew, they, I mean, they thought Jalen Hurts could be the next Russell Wilson. That's what Harry Roseman insinuated. So, I mean, they. I think they love both. And they want to be a quarterback factory. They want to develop quarterbacks. So, I mean, I don't think anything's changed from their perspective. I think they just know right now Carson's in self-destruct mode. Let's try to get him out of it. I just think the only way that – and I think to your point, that is a really good point. Jerry Jones comes out and backs Mike McCarthy, blames everything that's going on. Jeffrey Lurie could easily do the same. (coughs) Excuse me. I think – he could back his coach after he beats Sean Payton in the New Orleans Saints, number one defense, number one ranked team. And then I see you could say, you know what, Doug's my guy. We're going to we're gonna make this work. We're going to figure this out all together. But he doesn't. I think you finally, they must be thinking Doug Peterson's not it for Carson Wentz. And not only that, my huge thing, Ed, is if Carson Wentz can regress like this, that talent can regress like this. Why can I trust Doug Peterson to develop Jalen Hurts then? Right. I mean, these are all questions that they're probably thinking about. Um, Because to me, with all the questions swirling around about Doug and not receiving any assurances that he'll be back next year, 
um, to me, you know, is Jeffrey Lurie's really thinking about what he's going to do. And he's not ready to come out and say, yeah, Doug's going to be my guy. He wants to see how this plays out. And there's, you know, there's going to be this cloud over that decision until it's finally made. And when will he make it? Will it be, uh, you know, January 4th after the final game against Washington on the 3rd? Uh, you know, will it be sooner if he's in the Peterson camp? You know, it's all going to play itself out and we're going to see. I think the longer the offseason begins after the January 3rd game, assuming that the Eagles are not in the playoffs and the season is, in fact, over, the longer it goes, the better chance I think Doug has it coming back. What's going on, everybody? It's Connor Miles, co-host of the Eagles Brawl here. I just want to give a quick shout-out to one of our sponsors. That's Manscaped. Go ahead. The holidays are here. It's time to get your loved ones trimmed and nicely trimmed, that is, by going to manscaped.com and using promo code BRAWL. That's B-R-A-W-L to get 20% off your order plus free shipping. You know it. He knows it. He needs to trim up. Go to manscaped.com, get 20% off your order and free shipping when using promo code BRAWL. B-R-A-W-L. Support your favorite Eagles podcast, Eagles Brawl, when purchasing an item off of Manscaped.com and also take care of that person you love. What's going on, everybody? It's Eagles Brawl co-host Connor Miles. I just want to let you know about our partnership with DraftKings. Football is here, and so is your shot at millions. Thanks to our sponsorship with DraftKings, all new players can play for free for millions with your first deposit. So let me just let you know how it works real quick. So you go to DraftKings and you create your first ever DFS account with DraftKings. You make a deposit, minimum $5, and DraftKings will credit your account with a free entry to numerous of contests that can win you millions. Just go to dkng.co slash brawlpod to play. That's dkng.co slash b-r-a-w-l-p-o-d to play quick act quickly this offer won't be around forever minimum five dollar deposit eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com for details and go over there and sign up and support your favorite eagles podcast eagles brawl hey yo what's up everybody it's me joey p joe pizza host of the fantasy black book podcast right here on the Brawl Network, and this is your Week 15 DraftKings Blitz. All right, let's start with the running backs here, and Cam Akers has been on fire lately. He gets a great matchup at home this week against the New York Jets. Hit the smash button here for Cam Akers. This is what you want. He's had a great trend, and of course, everybody scores on the Jets. Speaking of running backs, one to pay up for this week is Jonathan Taylor. Houston giving up 150 rushing yards a game. That is a good recipe for a turn on investment for Taylor this week. And while you're at it, you might as well throw some Indianapolis Colts in there with him. Phillip Rivers has got 18 points or more in his last three games. T.Y. Hilton is finally healthy. And that defense against Houston, who is running out of players, seems to be in a great spot as well. That's probably your stack of the week. Speaking of stacks, let's also talk about the Chicago Bears. Yes, because the trend has been pretty good. 
Montgomery, the last three games, has 400 yards rushing. Good matchup against Minnesota for Trubisky and, of course, for Allen Robinson. That's a nice 1-2-3 pairing as well. And while we're at it, let's talk a little value wide receiver. Russell Gage at 4700 at home against Tampa. Good price. Russell Gage can get you points in lots of different ways, especially with the injury to Julio Jones. And Brandon Ayuk has been a target monster lately. Great matchup for him against the Dallas Cowboys. That'll do it for me, Joey P. Make sure you check me, the Welsh, and Scott Bogman out right here on the Fantasy Black Book Show. Now back to your regular scheduled programming here on the Brawl Network. And January 3rd is going to be here real soon in case you – yeah. If they get in the playoffs, though, let's just hypothetically speak, if they get in the playoffs, they're not going to get rid of Doug. No, and they need help. I mean, but they've gotten help before in the past. You know, I guess it was two years ago, right, when they went to New Orleans and they went to Chicago. They needed oh, yeah. things to happen. They needed the Vikings to – 2018, yeah, 2018 they needed yeah, help so, to get in. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, you know, look. To me, Hertz gives them. I mean, look in the short term, Hertz gives them juice, right? It's really throwing a whole new light they, on this season. And yeah. you know, if we just stay in the moment and stop looking, you know, down the road, if we stay in the moment and just enjoy it, just just watch how it unfolds. Let's just wait and see, and let's enjoy it. Let's let's watch the the blossoming, perhaps, of a of a, a starting quarterback in the NFL and Jalen Hurts. Let's see what this offense looks like. Let's see what he can do with the same cast around him that Carson had. Um, you know, the offensive line banged up, obviously. Jack Driscoll uh, is out oh. now for the year, so now they're going to go with another line combination. Matt Pryor back in the lineup. Can Jalen Hurts stay upright with Matt Pryor blocking out at right tackle? He's got the same receiver receiving core. Um, the, the, everything around him is the same as Carson had. Now, Zach Ertz wasn't around for a good piece of it, and um, he's back. But, you know, we saw Carson make hay with Richard Rodgers, whose role was just completely falling off um, with Goddard and Ertz back. But uh, let's see. Let's just enjoy it. Let's just enjoy the moment, enjoy what we're seeing, uh, and, and and not look, you know, three weeks down the road or a month down the road. Let's just enjoy the moment. Completely agree. I love. I'm. I'm enjoying Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's hard not to root for him, man. Yeah. I. I. I don't understand why we always have to pick sides. Why it always has to be Wentz versus Foles or Doug versus Howie or anything like that. Like it Wentz versus Hurts now. Like why can't we just support the guys who are in charge of the team who make are on the team? Like. I don't understand why it's always got to be pick sides. I like both. And, and let's, yeah, let's both. watch Jalen Rager. I mean, you know, he's done some good things the last couple of weeks. You know, let's watch his progress. Let's just enjoy what we're seeing uh, and learn from what we're seeing. You know, look look at the the cornerback spots now. You know, you're going to probably have Kayvon Wallace stepping in. Sean Bradley played a decent role on defense against, uh, you know, the Saints. I mean. Yeah, you know, Sean Bradley played good. He, I mean, on that strip sack. Yeah. yeah good coverage play. Yeah, I, I – I like Sean Bradley. I yeah. like. I mean, we've Let's, been saying it for yeah. months on the podcast. I mean, I like everybody's gloom and doom on you know the future. Oh, it's it's going to take years for the Eagles to get back. I mean, you're never that far away in the NFL. Um, they went from seven and nine to winning the Super Bowl. Don't tell me they're that far I, yeah, away. Like, come I, on, right. I mean, they have you some make players. some you make one off season one. You have one solid off season because they had that one solid off season from. Uh, 2016, 2017, they won a Super Bowl. They just need to have one solid offseason again. But I do understand why people are coming. They need an influx of youth. But, I mean, Jordan Mulata is your left tackle of the future. You cannot replace him now. Uh, Josh Sweat looks like he might be your next Brandon Graham. And what I mean by that is the guy who's winning the shadows, 
developing while there's a Trent Cole, Jason Babin, or a Trent Cole, Connor Barwin in front of him. And he's going to finally get his opportunity. He's going to shine because that kid has some stud potential. Javon Hargrave is the future of the interior of this defense. Yeah. They have some guys to build upon in the youth. And not only that, Jalen Hurts, if he is the quarterback of the future, let's hypothetically say he's 22 years old. Miles yeah. Sanders, Jalen yeah. Rager, like you're saying, Dallas Goddard, like, yeah, they have youth on this team that they can build around. They just have to continue to draft well and do it, and that's. What the so they have to keep adding to it. Yeah, no doubt they have to keep adding to it. But I've, I, you know, I said before, I think this class, this this ten member class, is gonna is gonna turn out okay. I, I really do. I mean, I like Rager. I think Hertz is showing something. Davion Taylor, you know, he's out now. Um, but Sean Bradley kind of stepped in. Jack Driscoll, I think, is a good piece on that offensive line. Um, Kayvon Wallace, I think, has a good future. I mean, I, I think they are infusing some younger players here. Uh, they're going to miss on some, no doubt, um, but they're going to hit on some too. Uh, you know, you mentioned Sweat. He was a fourth-round pick. Uh, Mulata was a seventh-round pick. Uh, Matt Pryor, whatever you think of him, I mean, he's given them snaps, not all quality snaps, but he's a sixth-round guy. I mean, you know, I mean, they are infusing – uh, some pieces in here, the younger pieces, and uh, and that's going to be important going forward. You're going to have to have another uh, good draft. Uh, again, you're going to hit and miss, but you hope you have more hits. Absolutely. So my one thing I got to talk to you about here now is this Travis Fogelman situation. It's just crazy. I mean, now we're having a debate, really, it seems like, if we overrated him too soon, too quickly. But, I mean, I just, again – I go back to Doug Peterson. I don't trust him developing wide receivers at this point. I think you can call a spade a spade once and for all. You can switch the wide receiver coach every year, but when the production stays the same and the wide receivers aren't being schemed well open, you have to finally point your finger at the play caller after four years. I think that Doug is an issue with the Travis Fogel because, I mean, when he came out, when Travis Fogel was doing well and the they started to shy away from him after, like, these great performances and Doug comes out and he says, you know, Travis has to learn to be defeat. I mean, he's going to have to learn to defeat attention on him. If he wants to be a true wide receiver one in this league. Yeah, I get that. But how can he do that when you play Alshon Jeffrey over him? So what, I mean, again, we're not privy to practice as much as, especially you as you're accustomed to, but there's gotta be something going on behind the scenes or maybe, I mean, I don't understand how you could Travis Fulton can look the way he's looked, can catch a crazy touchdown pass over Marcus Peters or Marlon Humphrey, and really be on pace to be the Eagles' first 1,000 yard wide receiver since Jeremy Macklin in 2014, and then poof, just not be a good player anymore. I, I, I hate, I don't see, I don't see how that's possible. Just one more weird dynamic about this team. I mean, it really is strange, but. You know, you talk to, you know, Aaron Moorhead and he talks about wanting to have kind of that veteran presence and Jeffrey out there. And, you know, now, I mean, it didn't look like who cares a couple of weeks ago what the Eagles are out of it. But, you know, they're still not out of it, which is weird. And, you know, Jeffrey has kind of given them a little something. He caught the touchdown pass, his first one, you know, since last December against Miami. He had a nice block on that 82-yard run at Miles Sanders had. I mean, he had a nice block out on the edge. It kind of cleared the way there late in that run. Um, I mean, it, it is weird. And, and I guess Fulgham now, the knock on him is he can't get open against man coverage, that um, he really struggles when someone kind of presses him. And, 
Um, he, he can't get open. Um, but you're right. Why wouldn't you try to develop that in game a little bit, like throw him out there? And, you know, Jeffrey's not going to be here next year. Realistically, the Eagles aren't going anywhere. Even if they do get in the playoffs, it's, you know, it's really going to be kind of a probably a one and done deal. Um, so really what, what's the point of having Jeffrey, but they'll tell you it's because he's the veteran guy and, you know, it's a very young group to begin with and they want him out there kind of leading and, and kind of showing the way a little bit. Um, and I guess there's something to be said for that, but yeah, I, you know, Fogum only had, I think 11 snaps against the saints, which is really low. Um, and JJ Ortega was yeah, now, you know, Quez and Jalen Hurts have a history. I mean, I don't know what exactly. Yeah, it I think they tell I, that's exactly correct. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if it was you or me, but when we talked about it, in one of the episodes, we said, watch them activate JJ Ortega Whiteside now because he fits Jalen Hurts' style a little bit more. Cause we were talking about how Hurts is more like fold the way he throws the ball and once is his own caliber gunslinger. Uh, and then they go ahead and they activate JJR single white. So I didn't, I didn't really see him out there if anything, but no, I, mean, I don't think he played. I don't think he played either, but it was funny that they activated him. I mean, I do think you have, I, I think it makes sense because John Hightower was the questionable scratch that, that night in, for Quez, in favor of Quez Watkins. But I think you're right. It has to go into the, the chemistry part. I mean, it's this COVID. Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, it was weird to see Hightower not get, get the snaps and then it was even weirder to see Quez get more snaps than Fogum and you know other than that quick little shovel pass they gave him Watkins really didn't do much and that was only a three-yard gain um so you know I don't know what the end game was there with playing him and you know we'll talk to Doug again a couple times this week and I'll certainly put that on my list of questions um you know why you know Quez got so many snaps what the history is there with Jalen Hurts um you know I'm not really sure what it is but there was a reason Quez was in there for more snaps and that might've been it just the comfort level with uh, Jalen hurts. But, you know, again, I, you know, I would get back to Jalen Rager. I mean, I'm excited to see what he did. He can do. I mean, you saw him get open on that, that crossing pattern, a shallow cross, and he was wide open on the left side of the field and, and hurts found him, mm-hmm. you know, he found him. I mean, that, that's, that's important. First of all, would Wentz have found him? I don't know. Uh, but he catches it and turns it into a 30, Six yard gain, I think it was. Um, good stuff. And then they're using me in the run game. I like that. I, you know, he didn't get a punt return against the Saints after having the 73 yard run to the house against Green Bay. But, you know, Dave Phipp told us that part of that was in the second half, the Saints didn't punt. Uh, and in the first quarter, Jalen got nicked a little bit. Rager got nicked a little bit and was down for a little while, or they put a, probably would have put him in. But I, I'm excited about seeing this chemistry develop, too, with Jalen Hurts and Jalen Rager, the two Jalens, pick one and pick two. I just think I, I, Carson just trusts his tight ends more than he trusts his wide receivers. I think Jalen Hurts is the op, is going to be the opposite. Yeah. We'll see, though. That's an overreaction. I don't, I don't, well, we got three more games to see if that ends up being correct. Cause again, the, the, the tight ends are the best receivers on this team. Yeah. So that could prove to be an overreaction. So I'm not ready to go there quite yet. But the way that, I mean, Carson Wentz was second guessing everything this year. And I hate to just stick this whole entire episode into this because I still have some other things to get into. But I mean, Jalen looked like he went through his reads comp and, he trusts his wide receivers to make the plays. I don't think Carson was as much. And I thought that was the difference between Carson and Foles the most was 
Carson would favor Zach Ertz and trust the tight ends, where Foles would trust his wide receivers to make the plays. So I, I'm interested to see this dynamic going forward. I'm interested to see because Greg Ward and Jalen Rager are probably the most chemistry-infused players because, I mean, talking to uh, Monte, he would he was telling me that Jalen Hurts and, and his son uh, Jalen Rager were always in Houston training together. So the chemistry is there with those guys already. And then Greg Ward and Jalen Hurts knew each other before Greg Ward was even on the Eagles. So the, he's choosing two people he already has – the main chemistry with the target. So yeah. I think that has to go into the context there. But I also think he trusts his wide receivers a little bit more than Carson does. And even the running backs. I mean, Miles Sanders was targeted, I think, five times yeah. in the game, which I think is a season high. He caught four passes for 21 yards. Um, so really he had tw- you know almost 20 touches in that game. I think he had 14 runs, four catches, so 18 <laughs> touches, which, you know, which is probably what you want to do with Sanders. You want him 15 to 20 times. Uh, to, to yeah. get the ball in some form. And, and I think Hertz did a good job, too, of finding Sanders, uh, or even maybe Doug called plays a little bit more, uh, you know, the, the short passing game to Miles Sanders. And even Boston Scott, I think, had a catcher, too. So he did a good job using his, uh, his running backs, too. All right, quick couple questions for you. Okay, so going to this offseason, we're all talking about trading wins. What about trading Andre Dillard? You put him on the trade market and you gauge no. value for him? No, no, I'm not doing it. You wouldn't get the value, first of all. And second, yeah, after what happened with the Eagles offensive line this year, why would you yeah. trade away more offensive linemen? You need to bring more offensive linemen in. I mean, look at this line. What a – my goodness. Uh, I'll tackle a rookie deal, too, because it's not like – Yeah. The thing is, Andre Dillard, I don't think he played right tackle. He looks like he can only play left tackle. So, yeah, I, the question goes into it. So, I mean, Lane's coming back from injury. Jordan Mata can play right tackle. So, if needed – Andre Dillard was in left tackle, and he's on a rookie salary. So yeah, I'm not doing Andre Dillard. No, no if, if it's not, but a third would tempt me. But if it's anything, and I don't think you're right. I think no. you're right. You're not gonna get the value there. No, they're think- not gonna do it for a third. No way. No. Yeah. No. I, I mean, if anything, you have to look at the big salary guys up front: Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson. Yeah. If anything, would you trade them because of their salaries, or would you try to do something with them and? But again, I just think after this season they had on the offensive line, they're not going to be looking to get rid of guys. They're going to be looking to add guys as many as possible. Yeah, I don't. I mean, speaking of Brandon Brooks' salary, he gives you some cap relief if you move on. They, that, that's something that might be looked at, especially with Nate Herbig. I mean, he looks like he has some kind of future. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, w- I would hate to see that happen because Brandon Brooks is so great, one of the best <laughs> guards in the football. I think but he'll be fine when he goes back yeah. too. Uh, yeah, I just think I would you want to get rid of Lane. I wouldn't. Uh, I would if I had to pick between the two. I'd keep Lane, but I mean, I would. The, the ideal situation is both come back. But I think you're right. I mean, you have to go with the youth movement. You have to if you alleviate some cap. You have to have made the tough decisions. One of those guys, or maybe both, ends up being one of those decisions. Yeah, and then maybe you put a lot at right tackle and Dillard at left tackle. I, I don't know. I mean, to me, I would hang on to Brooks uh, before I would keep Lane. I mean, I I love both those guys as players and. And people, um, you'd hate to see either one of them go. But listen, it's a business. Hard decisions get made all the time. We saw it with Malcolm Jenkins. You know, he came back in town all fired up, you know, kind of taking a shot at Howie that he wasn't valued. Um, But, you know, it is a business. And they're not going to get rid of young linemen, especially ones they just drafted in the first round, like Dillard. If anything, it's going to be, you know, the the more expensive, more veteran-type players that if a team's looking for somebody – Maybe they would make a move on him. Right. I I mean, 
I value my bookends too much more than I do my interior, I guess. So that's why I guess my yeah. my personal opinion is where I, I feel way more comfortable with Mulata Lane than I do with Mulata and Dillard and Brooks. Like mm-hmm. I because I think Herbie can be something. And if not, Jack Driscoll's a good player too. Yeah. He right. can play guard. Yeah, he's got to get stronger. Right. He can play tackle too. So yeah, he has had to get stronger. That's why I don't think it's gonna be last to tackle, but he has talent. He has talent, that's for sure. Yeah. Um other thing, what the heck I mean, Kayvon Wallace at free safety, I'm not that excited about. I don't I think that's where his one position he struggled with at Clemson was free safety. I thought he's a good strong safety, great nickel corner when he had to be. Uh free safety I'm a little bit worried about. He's replacing Rodney McLeod, it looks like. What say you? Wait, are we worried about? I mean, Rodney McLeod, that's a tough player to fix. That's huge shoes to fill. If I want to say one thing about Rodney McLeod to the listeners out there, and I want to see if you agree too, that if anything this offseason, I know Malcolm Jenkins feels some type of way, but Rodney McLeod proved to you this offseason, I mean, this season, that you made the correct decision going with him over Malcolm. Yeah, I mean, Rodney, you talk to the players about him, and they all point to his leadership. I mean, he's really done a good job with that. He's the guy that... Even before games, he's the one, you know, leading the, uh, the the hype in the huddle, you know, pregame with all the players gathered around him. And um, that that's a real, like Jim Schwartz said, that's a gut punch. Losing Rodney is huge. It's like losing Brooks, really. I mean, when they lost Brandon Brooks, it was June. You know, it kind of flew a little under the radar. We didn't think it would make that big of an impact, um, but it has. And I think Great. losing Rodney's going to hurt. And I'm not sure it's going to be Kayvon. I think it, you know – uh, it's, might be Epps. Yeah, it might be Epps. It, it could be Epps. I think it's going to be Epps. Um, you know, and they have Slays in the concussion protocol, so you don't know what his availability is going to be. Maddox is out with a knee injury. Um, you know, this is really going to be a, a patchwork secondary now. Um, and Kayvon will have a role in that secondary, no doubt, but I think it will be more inside because I think Jalen Mills is probably going to have to play cornerback again. And, you know, listen, I know a lot of fans are down on Mills, but man, I think he's having a fantastic season. More, you know, there's been some. I thought he's there. been great at safety. For, for just, for safety. Just, just his flexibility. I mean, where would they have been if they didn't have like someone like Jalen Mills that could go from safety to corner after they lost Maddox and Slay and Jaquette's out and you have this kid, Kevon Seymour? Um, you know, who would have played corner? I mean, he brought some stability to that secondary um, when those players started going down. So, you know, I know he, he gets a bad rap, but he's second on the team in tackles with 92 of them, two behind um, McLeod, who's not going to get any more. So Mills could end up leading this team in tackles. Um, I just think that, you know, we're going to see a real patchwork secondary. And Kyler Murray's a good quarterback. Uh, you know, he can throw the ball, and they got DeAndre Hopkins. Christian uh, Kirk. I might roster Christian Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and Christian Kirk in, in DraftKings this week because it's not looking pretty out there in that secondary. It's not. They're going to really – the Eagles, it's up to the defensive line. I mean, they sacked Taysom Hill five times. Um, really good game from Hargrave and Sweat, two sacks each. Fletcher Cox had a sack. Um, but they, they're going to need that kind of game – from that defensive line, uh, and you're going against a different quarterback. You're going against a very mobile quarterback, quarterback. Uh, someone kind of like Jalen Hurts, really, with the leg ability that he has. Um, but it's yeah. that defensive line is really going to have to track him down, and I think they're going to have to get exotic with some of their blitzes. They're going to have to bring some linebacker pressure. We've seen Singleton come come in a few times on blitzes. 
Uh, Edwards, I'm not sure Edwards will be back. I think he might be. Um, but we've seen that Jim do that with his linebackers occasionally this year. And I think that's a game where you're going to have to do that because you're going to have to find a way to shorten the time that Murray has to find receivers with that secondary that they're going to put out there. Yeah, and Murray's very mobile. I, it, it's funny because that's the last two Oklahoma Sooners quarterbacks throwing up against each other. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm really yeah. Heisman winner, I mean, Heisman finalists going up against each other uh, in this matchup. That's exciting. It's really exciting. I, I'm like, I really, I'm looking forward to this game regardless of the outcome because how much the future is on the line. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with you. They need to get pressure on Kyler Murray. I just think Kyler Murray is mobility. Is just gonna? It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tough game with it, the way the secondary is shaping up to be. Yeah, um, it really is. But. You know, listen. It's not. They've only they've won seven games. I mean, they they've had an up and down season. Arizona. Um, oh, Arizona's defense is very beatable too. So if this yeah. offense wants to get creative with the run again, they they're picking a good defense to go up against. Do it. Do that too. Yeah. And that and that's Jalen Hurts really does help the running game because I've said it before. I think he's the second best running back on this team. Yeah. Um, so you really yeah. do have to respect those RPOs. Whereas Carson, they didn't run as many RPOs because. You know, Corson's not going to keep it more than one once a game. Uh, and even if he does, he's not going to gain, you know, more than, you know, 10 yards maybe or less. Yeah. It hurts. He can run that RPO and keep it and run for 40 yards. I mean, he's a real threat. Um, Jalen Hurts runs like Cam Newton, I feel like. Help Sanders, too, because now teams are going to have to play that RPO a little more honestly, thinking that Hurts could keep it. And that's going to take another defender or two away from Sanders if they give it to Sanders. Jalen Hurts running the ball reminds me of Cam Newton in some sort of way. It's interesting. Cam's a lot bigger. Cam, Cam's, a, Cam's a lot bigger. Yeah, Cam's a lot bigger. But, I mean, for a guy Jalen's size, you wouldn't expect him to be such a power runner the way he is. But, I mean, he'll bulldoze you. Yeah. I mean, he'll bulldoze you. Like, he is different. I, I'm excited for the Jalen Hurts uh, auditions these last couple of weeks. <laughs> I am. I'm hype, man. I'm, yeah. I'm I, I, that's what I'm saying, man. He brings some juice to this team and we got to stay in the moment and just, just kind of let it unfold. I mean, it's funny. Cause his, he's just so, he's like Joe cool. I mean, the guy's just like in the most hectic city in the world coming into this bizarre situation in draft history, replacing the town hero at quarterback and the guy couldn't keep have like the most poised face I've ever seen in my life. Did you see the, the, his video conference after the game? I mean, he's just, yeah, I he's mean, just so chill. It's just like, you know, he, like what, what mentally gets to you, my man? Cause I mean, you got benched for Tua by a team that you were doing nothing but winning with. Yeah. You go to Oklahoma to replace two first overall picks and you're not even treated as, in the same room as them, and you become a Heisman finalist, and then you get drafted to a team that already has an established quarterback in the NFL for your first NFL team, yep. and you're just acting like this is a walk in the park, and you're in Philadelphia. Yeah. Like, you're in a market that just chews young players up and spits them out. Like, I mean, Yeah, 20, you said he's 22, but, you know, he and Lincoln Riley, his old coach at Oklahoma, has said this. He's just mature and wise beyond his years, and, um, you know, that kind of mindset could play well in Philadelphia. He kind of reminds me of McNabb. Younger McNabb. Younger McNabb. McNabb got fed up in the end. But 
Yeah. I think he's a little bit more mentally sound. Well, that whole loosey goosey thing, you see Hertz out there kind of dancing a little bit. We saw Jay. Yeah, I mean, that was like back, that back in the day, though. When people forgive me for his ACL. That dude was mobile as anything. Yep. And he was big. I mean, he's bigger than, you know, he was 240. I think Jalen Hurts is maybe 220, 6'2, 220. I mean, he's not a real big guy. Um, but you're right. He's got that running back skill set and that mindset that if you're in his way, man, you know, get I'm going to run running. you over. Right. I'm going to hit you too. I, I would love to see Jalen Hurts run that Oklahoma drill. I think that's that, that's the guy who is definitely doing that every practice to hype up his defense. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to be careful with that in the NFL, man. You got you yeah. you, you want to stay healthy. I mean, that's another thing you worry about. He carried it 18 times. I mean, how many? And I, I don't remember any really great shots on him. I don't know. Um, I have to think about it. But it seemed like he did a good job of getting he out of bounds. No, he, no, he, he he did get some shots. You say he was up. Oh, he played it safe. The only shot yeah, really yeah. was when he fumbled. Right. Right. Yeah. I I think. But you have to be cognizant of that. Cognizant of that, you don't want to wear him down with too many hits. Um, but he didn't get sacked. I mean, that that's encouraging. And then no sacks. Only the second time this year, uh, a quarterback didn't get sacked. And then you look the flip side. Carson went down fifty times. I mean, my goodness, that's a that's a lot of number of hits. And then they go to zero. What does that tell you? I mean, the line blocked better. Jalen Hurts scrambled better. Uh, the whole thing just worked better. Not only that. I mean, he rejuvenated that team. Yep. That team looked like, I know you questioned when I said this, and I I understood, and I, I said it too, but that team just looked flat. They looked dead. They didn't look like they were giving much effort because uh, they just looked defeated because they knew, like, when the offense won the field, it it wasn't always going to work. Like, it was more than likely not going to, it was going to be a three and out, or it wasn't, it wasn't going to be laid, laid to points. But Jalen Hurts goes in there, and it's just like everybody, like, Whoa, like we're all waking back up like we're all playing yeah. football again. Like right. he sparked that whole entire team. It wasn't just the offense. I mean, Fletcher Cox is running on the sidelines taunting the Saints. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. He's like the human alarm clock, man. He woke up the whole team. He did. All right, guys. So 56 minutes on the set. So it looks like we're – I like that we had some positive feedback from each other on this uh, Jalen Hurts debut because I saw a lot of people critiquing and be like, here's his pros, here's his cons. There's always going to be pros and cons. Jalen Hurts is still a raw project, folks. I mean, the guy has one real year, one year of real quarterback play, and that was in Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley. Let's have some realistic expectations for a guy coming onto a bad team, a bad offense. And, I mean, he turned it around. He performed well. Let's just take that for what it is and be excited. I mean, the kid has potential. Uh, just trust the process, I guess, because I think he just needs to still develop it. He's still raw. We can't forget that at the end of the day. Right. I know. Um, yeah, so that's why we need to stay in the moment. One game. I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. I mean, just to judge a person on one game. I mean, let's let's get a body of work together here before we make any snap decisions. Right. Just be impressed with what you see. Because, I mean, he beat the number one defense right. in the NFL in the Orleans Saints. And the number one seed in the NFC. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Eagles Ball. Again, Ed's articles with John McMullen are always on the Eagles Sports Illustrated page. Go check those out. A lot of coverage this week with, I mean, the Jalen Hurts hysteria. I mean, the mania has taken over now. We're Hurts, we're Hurtsville, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Hurtsylvania? Hurtsylvania. Oh, no, man. You can't say that, actually, because there was. <laughs> 
Once upon a time, there was Pennsylvania. Yep, I know. You're right. <laughs> Hertz Adelphia. Oh, Hertz Adelphia. Oh, we need to put that on a shirt now. Yeah, there, Eagles, you there you go. Eagles Brawl Material Ed is bringing it. <laughs> Let's go. Let's do All it. Right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.